Uppercut Podcast, we are back. We're two stooges heavy, one stooge short. Apparently it's a fucking blizzard in New Hampshire or something, and I'm not really sure what's going on with Max. He had class. Yeah, who knows what goes on up, up there, honestly. It's, <laughs> it's a tundra at all times, I feel like. Yeah, this is coming from... it was always like a blizzard. Yeah, this is coming from a Delawarean, so I don't think most people know what the fuck is on Delaware either, but I think less people know what the fuck's going on in New Hampshire. Yeah, I thought they lived like Eskimos. <laughs> yeah, Max is up there with a raccoon hat, trucking <laughs> his way to fucking class. Igloo and igloo. <laughs> well, let's get into the actual UFC news. Let's talk about one of the trending topics of the week before we hop into UFC 297. Uh, Kayla Harrison officially signs with the UFC. Dana announced she's going to fight Holly Holm at UFC 300. I'm assuming that'll be main card, maybe prelim. I don't I don't think details really released yet besides him just saying that they're fighting. Um, I haven't seen – I tried to look this morning. I haven't seen any specifics on her contract. She's obviously Olympic gold medalist. I believe she's the only American to win judo in the Olympics ever, gold. So pretty uh, well-touted. Mixed martial art athlete, obviously successful run the PFL before taking her loss to Larissa Pacheco. Um, I'm pretty excited for her to come over. What are you thinking, Jefferson? Yeah, but, dude, this is kind of like make or break. If she loses to fucking shit turd Holly Holm. <laughs> the preacher's daughter. <laughs> yeah, I hate to break it to you. Holly Holm fucking stinks at this point. <laughs> if she loses to Holly Holm, dude, brother. That might be a worse contract signing than fucking Deshaun Lockley. Yeah, but if if she beats Holly Holm, see it's a double edged sword because if she beats Holly Holm, the band and you better division, hope Nunez comes back or we're signing fucking Cyborg again. Yeah, because the the band and weight <laughs> division is in such shambles, which we're gonna get into here shortly, that uh she could easily be next in line for a title match if pending what's going on with Pena. Um, I'm excited for her to come over. I, I hope Dana, though, isn't trying to use this as like a like a uh, like a catch to UFC 300. Like, oh, look, I'm doing this because, to be honest, this isn't a fight that's going to make or break the legendary UFC 300 card. Do you think so? Yeah, not the card, but possibly both of their careers. That's the crazy part. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. Um, her last fight was against was against that's Aspen literally Lyle. the state of this division. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Last fight was against Aspen Ladd. I believe that was catch weight. Uh, Harrison edged her out. Aspen Ladd, that's not a it's not a win that's really going to age well, though. We thought she was going to be something. She really hasn't panned out to be all that much. Yeah. Um, but another big name coming over in a division that really, really, really desperately needs it. So I'm glad she's coming over. She's always entertaining, exciting to watch. I even think after the Pacheco loss, she'll still shape out to be pretty good. Let's talk about this past weekend's card. Main event, Sean Strickland getting edged out by Dragus Duplessis in a, uh, I wouldn't say a fantastic, memorable fight. It was pretty good. It was a Sean Strickland fight. Yeah, I was, <laughs> it, was, it was right in that B to B plus tier for me. Dude, it didn't I, make I feel, like, I feel like every time I get so hyped up for Sean, it, it always plays out like this. Like, he hyped me up more than his fights do. Yeah, 110%. Um, I was at, were you okay with the decision? I was actually pretty okay with it for the most part. I think it could have went either way. Yeah, definitely. I hate to say it, but I think Drake just won. 
definitely by far. Yeah, I th- I thought Sean had to definitively win the last two rounds coming yeah, out of round three. Time. Yeah, and he didn't really like. He definitely won five, but I don't think he definitively won really any round. I mean, the jab was on fire, obviously. You know, he used push kick a couple times, but other than that, I th- I just think it's really starting to bite him in the ass that he can't finish his opponents. Like I think, yeah, that's always kind of been his Achilles heel, and it's really starting to show. Um, one thing I did take away from this fight, though, I do think even with a loss for Strickland. And obviously a win for Duplessis. I think this was a good coming out party for both of them. I know Strickland beat Izzy, so it kind of seems already obvious. But I still think we had some questions about Strickland. And we obviously had a lot of questions about Duplessis. And I think the way in which they both fought and just the skill and technique that they pretty much showed through at least four rounds until the end of the fifth when Strickland was kind of just throwing wild because he was tired. Um, I think it showed that they are kind of a step above most of the rank middleweights. I mean, that should have been obvious because it's a title fight, but I think that became really apparent with this fight. Did you think that? Yeah, it was like a fucking well, like fought, uh, what you call it, boxing match almost. It felt like, like where they were just complimenting each other, tit for tat, tit for tat, and it really looked like each each other were like so on their toes. It's like a almost like a defensive battle in a playoff game. Yeah, in football. Huh. Yeah, 100%. I just think if you, like, went back a year, say even, maybe even a little longer than a year, you would never expect that from Dreykus and Sean Strickland. They've both just came so far in their careers defensively, offensively. Uh, This is not the end for Strickland by any means. I mean, he lost his title quick. That sucks. But I still believe that these two, Brendan Allen and Izzy, are about a step ahead of pretty much everyone else. With the exception of maybe Hamza, we'll see what happens with him. But and I think they really cemented that and showed the world that. Like I, I don't, I don't know who's gonna fight Drakus next. Whether it's Izzy, whether it's Sean rematch, whether it's someone else. But I, I wouldn't be confident fighting either of these two guys right now in that division. Yeah, they're both definitely showed that they're a step above. Yeah, I agree. Sean Strickland is not. He's not the guy who got knocked out by Peloton anymore. Yeah, oh, no. That's not him. And Drykus, With Carly stands. <laughs> yeah, and Drykus isn't the guy who we're questioning if he can breathe out of his fucking nose because he can't finish fights. That's not him anymore either. Although I do find him a little fucking cringy from time to time. That's not him. Yeah. So, new middleweight champ. Um, believe it or not, like I said before, big shock, there was a second title fight on this card. What? Uh, yeah, uh, women women's bantamweight, which was vacant before this because of uh, Amanda Nunez's retirement. Obviously, Raquel Pennington edges out Myra Bueno Silva. Uh, she outstruck her by whew. significant strikes was about seventy. Total strikes was about two hundred. So a pretty one sided win. Um, Oh man, I I really fucking hope that somehow, some way, this would like invigorate some life back into the women's bantamweight, because, especially because the other two women's divisions have been so exciting and like filled with prospects and really have caught fire the last year or two. And I think this just did the opposite. I, th- I thought it just was not a good. Yeah, fight. this is the last time I give a women's fight the benefit of the doubt. Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm, and I still don't think I will because before this fight, I was like, okay. There's a chance this will be a banger. I think you said that. That was not a banger. That was not a banger. (laughs) Yeah, it was just... I just... 
I don't, I don't like to speak to this kind of shit because I'm not, I mean, you fucking kickbox. So you, you might be a little more inclined yeah, to talk. Okay. <laughs> you might be a little more inclined to talk yeah, than I am. I guess. <laughs> but, but you tell me honestly what you think. And we're allowed to say this because we just watched fights. Like, was that a title grade performance from either of them? Like, were those two title fighters you thought? Oh, yeah, because I just. Dude, I'm fucking about to fall asleep talking about it, dude. <laughs> like, oh, God, dude. I, I don't know, because I was talking about Carlos Barca Rose Namajunas, and at this point, it might be a WM MMA fucking title fight fucking <laughs> expectation at this point. Yeah, I, it just it didn't seem like two title caliber women fighting for the belt. So it gave me a lot of like flashbacks of uh, Zhang and fucking Lamos fighting in Boston. But the thing was, that fight was so boring. But the thing about that fight was Zhang was putting on such a dominant, clean, calculated performance. It made the fight boring. This fight was boring because I'm not even saying this to be spiteful or mean or anything because I like Raquel Pennington. This is where I imagine me and you at this point of a fight night off like a 12 or a fucking Twisted Tees fighting in my living room would look like. Like it yeah. just wasn't, it wasn't calculated. There really wasn't any... Any zazz to it? Bueno Silva looked gassed by... Dude, I know I'm going to say this wrong, but from what my memory was, it seemed like the second round. She was fucking gassed. Like, yeah, it, at least I was. <laughs> yeah, and you were fucking <laughs> snooze fast. It just... Yeah, I don't know. This didn't do the women's bantamweight any justice to stay here as a division. I mean, give it, give it to Rocky Raquel. She's a champ. You can't take that from her. She did what she was asked. She won a title, but it's not... That wasn't it for me at all. Yeah, I hope Kayla Harrison could come in and whoop some ass and fucking <laughs> bring some excitement to his brother. <laughs> that was a stinker. Yeah, and like, I just don't like, and then when you look down the rankings, I mean, you have Pena. She can be a little exciting here and there. And out, outside of Pena. Yeah, but like... I fucking rather hear fucking screeching on a chalkboard and fucking Pena. Yeah, and then outside of that, it's just like, we're talking about Misha Tate, Macy Chiazon, Julia Villa, like, we're not, like, I, I don't know where the bright spots are in this division. Again, that's no shade to any of them, but it's just like, the bright spots of this division, honestly, Jeff, is this is a very bold take. I think if Kayla Harrison can come in, win the title, and call out Val, and get Val to fight her, that would be a bright spot of this division. Or get fucking Nunes back out of retirement. Yeah, she might. Who knows? And with and with Kayla Harrison coming, fucking, I forget what the fuck division it was. Because they had, what, like 145 or whatever? She yeah. was in 45 in uh, PFL. Yeah, well, that completely disbanded. So there's a lot of free agents out there. That's yeah. the only high point about this division is a bunch of 40-year-olds. Yeah, that's completely true. And uh, we'll just... who aren't even signed to the roster yet? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> a lot of speculative shit for this division. Um, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets as far as to their calling in question if it should be canceled again. Like the whole division should be disbanded. It's just a rough division to watch. I don't even think there's enough women to really make the rankings. It's just been a tough outcome. Congratulations to Rocky Pennington, though. Um, let's talk about the ultimate bag fumbler, the bag fumbler, of the fucking night. Uh, Mike Malott loses to Neil Magny in a fight that he won. If you had to give percentage out of 100, how much 
percent do you think of the fight he won? Obviously, besides the end when he lost. I have a percentage in mind, but dude, it's a fucking damn good percent. Like I was gonna say anywhere between eighty to ninety percent of yeah. the fight he, he was winning. Like uh control time, he won most of the striking exchanges and then just to get caught like that and TKO'd, um I I think this is a complete detriment to his fucking career. Like and I, I'm not trying to say that to be dramatic or you know, do a clickbait kind of thing, but at 32 years old, like your your window is already pretty short, and this welterweight division is stacked with fucking killers. You really can't afford to slip up on your way to the top at 32. And yeah, and losing a shitty ass Neil Magny, definitely slip up. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and he fucking slipped up because like this is like easily like. I would love to know where he was ranked before this, like where Tapology had him ranked. Like, let's even say he was probably ranked low twenties. I would assume, like this might drop you back to the forties. Like this, it's not a good one. Yeah, that was fucking terrible performance. Yeah, especially if you're thinking too that like Malat is knocking on the door of the rankings. Well, one of the guys who's in the rankings, a little higher up still, is Ian Gary, and we just watched what he did to Magni. And then you look at Malat, it's just. Yeah, it's unfortunate to do that in front of your home crowd. I, he'll still be a draw to fight in all these Canada cards, and he's still an exciting, tough guy. But fuck, that was unfortunate. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's really all I can say about it. Do you have any thoughts on Mike Malat, Neil Magny? Any thoughts yeah. on Magny? Dude, that was a fucking bummer, dude. I hate to see Magny win. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to see Malat lose, but I hate to see Magny win a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor neil um yeah good win for neil though um Back is like, gonna be like what the fuck Jeff was in this one <laughs> i mean hey it's your truth you live it <laughs> can middleweight yeah, fuck neil magni so middleweight bout up next we had chris curtis edging out mark andre barriot uh how strange was it the fucking uh, what would be the opposite of a sweep the every canadian lost in the card yeah, thank God I didn't bring that up. The yeah. one time I fucking, well, not the one time, I always fucking forget it. But, yeah, thank God I completely forgot it because these motherfuckers, they completely blew it. The crowd was going nuts, too. Yeah, that, that's always a good crowd whenever they go to Toronto. Yeah, but they were real, they, they turned on the real turncoats on their guys. They were not booing the fucking guys beating the shit out of them. <laughs> no, they were they almost did a little Philadelphia Eagles kind of kind of joint. They love you when you're winning, hate you when you're losing. But that's... dude, not even there wasn't even fucking booing. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Curtis gets another big win, uh, second in a row, bigger win for him. A nice win, you know, fighting away. Um, he definitely edged it out. I uh, to me, there just wasn't a lot to take from this though. It's a Classic Chris Curtis fight. There was zero takedowns through between either of them during the fight. Chris Curtis won the boxing exchanges, which he tends to do when he's on point. He's a good. He's a fantastic boxer, especially Dude. for this division. Sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, go How ahead. the fuck was Neil Magny to only finish in his main card, dude? <laughs> yeah, that was fucking insanity. I would have fucking cry. <laughs> well, these two guys do have chins of steel, Curtis and Mark Andre. So yeah. No surprise there. Um, 
I think it was just a staple classic Chris Curtis win. Do you take anything too astounding from it? No, not really. I mean, he showed that he was a different level as always. He's just like, I mean, he even brought it up before. He is a gatekeeper. He's an absolute gatekeeper. He's, it's just, yeah, he's kind of getting a little stale at this point, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what he tends to do to guys who are like ranked slightly lower than him. This is what he, yeah, tends he to beats do. the fuck out. Yeah, he boxes their face off for three rounds, wins a decision, and he goes home and hangs out with Sean Strickland. Like that's about what you get out of Chris Curtis. Uh, good win though, great win. Hey, you get your money, another great win. I think people are starting to come back around to him. Um, last fight we're going to talk about for the night. Uh, this wasn't—I wouldn't necessarily say this was a bag fumble, especially because Evloev was favored. But goddamn, what a missed opportunity! I'll call it for Arnold Allen. This was a fucking bag fumble by Mark Goddard. Yeah, I don't know. They gotta they gotta figure that the fuck out. I yeah, don't know. dude, that was such fucking bullshit. Yeah, I, what like I, do they go to? Isn't it one and pride? Do you can knee no matter what? Like, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure they can. And pride, knee. you can knee no matter what. It's one, one counts as down. I think only in New York. Yeah, so and I'm pretty sure they said that Toronto still follows New Jersey's rules, so which you can't knee a down opponent in the UFC period, anyways. But uh, yeah, that was very, very unfortunate. Um, they need to figure something out with the. I, I don't. I'm not necessarily against the not kneeing down opponents, but when it comes to the fingertip shit, it's almost like they should have to make it knee, just knees. Like your hand shouldn't count as being down, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Or like forearms or something. Yeah, forearms, knees, obviously your ass or whatever. Like, that's fine. But for you to just dangle your finger, I mean, it's a smart tactic. It was a smart tactic by Evelyn. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but to dangle your finger hardly touching the canvas. Yeah. I mean, it is part of the rules. A fucking shitty butt fucking three-point stance. It's fucking piss poor. I hate it. Yeah, it is piss poor. But uh, even outside of that and outside of the flat Goddard call it, Sad to say, but Evloev just won. Like, yeah, it there wasn't. I mean, Arnold Allen is a supremely talented fighter, and I just think that like there was moments in this fight where he really could have took advantage of the time that was spent on the feet, and it just didn't seem like he did. Like, there were yeah, little definitely. short bright spots for him, but there just seemed like there was missed opportunities on the feet. Um. He's a great grappler, too. He's a pretty good wrestler, too. That's the thing about Allen. He's pretty good everywhere. But, you know, you go into this fight, and obviously, to me, Allen's the far better striker and not in the inferior wrestler. you got to capitalize on those moments on the feet. I don't, I don't really think he did that. What, what did you think about Allen? Yeah, no fucking doubt. You literally hit the nail on the head. He, he just didn't go, I don't know, he almost didn't go to work enough until the fucking third. Yeah, and it's just like, I'm just getting kind of worried about Allen because it's like, I thought that Max performance was fucking awesome because a lot of people don't do to Max what he did. But then he fights a guy like this who's, you know, tears beneath Max, and it's just like, there's certain fights with Arnold Allen. I don't know, like, I don't know if he's a top five fighter or not. I can't put my finger on this fucking guy. I think skill-wise he is, but I don't know if he just can't, like, 
produce the big performance that he needs? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, what do you think about Allen? Is he top five? Do you think or? Yeah, I'm still sold on on him. I I I just think this was a fucking far better performance by fucking what's his face. Great yeah, Evloev's a dog. Yeah, I'm now mixing Ruskies up again. Fucking Evloev. <laughs> Yeah, Evloev's a dog. There's not. I'm not taking nothing from him at all. That was a great performance to throw that many takedowns and land as many as he did. I'm just, uh, I'm just concerned with Arnold Allen because I really like him and I think he is a championship caliber fighter. But you're coming off two losses and he's going to have to probably fight down his next fight the ranking somewhere. And I just don't want to see him lose another big one. I don't want him to be one of them guys who's supremely talented but just can't win the big fight. Um. It'll be interesting to see going forward if that's the kind of person Arnold Allen is or not. And it's like it's almost like something about because he's been on aerials like a shit ton of times. It's like something about when you hear him talk. I almost wonder like, obviously he takes this shit seriously, but does he have that fucking dog? Like, does he yeah. have that dog? I just don't know if he does or not. It's it's really hard to tell with him. He's very mild mannered, I would say. Yeah, definitely, but. I feel like a lot of champions are at this point. That's true. It is true. Um, it, yeah, it'll be exciting to see who he fights next. Um, Evloev is going to be a motherfucker for anyone outside of probably Max, Volk, and Ilya to fight at this point. I mean, I didn't think I'd be saying that. I thought his hype train would have stopped like with some guy like Arnold Allen in the rankings. But when you look down him, I mean, you have Yair... T City, obviously, Evloev's now ranked number now ranked five over Arnold Allen, who's at six. Um, if he has to fight maybe two more fights before a title shot, I, I probably favor him in most of them. I, he's just a motherfucker, dude. Yeah, I mean, after this performance, I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I mean, I I I would even maybe go as, as far to say a pick him against Yair right now. He's just he's yeah. proven to be that fucking good. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy what one win can do for you, but yeah. That's a big win. That's a fucking huge win. Especially one that you're favorited in. Yeah, exactly. It's almost sometimes works better when you're favorited because you live up to expectations. You prove everyone that you are the motherfucker. Yeah, like this is the one that fucking the book got everyone on. Yeah, oh yeah. And he did it. And I actually fuck with his new cut. I remember I mentioned it to you guys. He doesn't look like a fucking weirdo anymore. I fuck with, yeah. the, with the buzz cut beard combo. Um, yeah, Evloev's a motherfucker. Uh, that's going to be it for us tonight, unless there were any fights in the prelim you wanted to mention. Um, your girl, Jillian Robinson, got the only finish of the prelim. <laughs> My girl. <laughs> My guy, or that's your girl, Jillian Robinson. <laughs> uh, Jill's back. Uh, she got one of only, I believe there's only like four or five Finishes the whole card. She got one of them. Julian and... Robertson and Neil Bagney were two of them. Yeah, and Jasmine Judavish was also one. Hell of a yeah, my stomach hurts. Yeah, and I wanted to shout out Jimmy Flick, though. Uh, he actually – super cool dude. I mess... I didn't even realize it was him. He was selling cards on a Facebook UFC card group, and I didn't realize who it was. I just messaged him, and he sent me a shipping address. I'm like, holy shit. I messaged him. I'm like, are you Jimmy Flick the fighter? He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh shit! Good luck at 297." So he's gonna uh, <laughs> he's gonna send the boys some signed cards too. So that'd be pretty fucking oh, that's cool. Sick. Yeah, he got oh, a big. Fuck man. 
Yeah, he got a big win over Malcolm Gordon, too. Good shout-out, Jimmy. Yeah, fuck yeah. He got a better win than fucking Mokayev did over Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, he did. I, yeah, I was, dude, I was surprised as fuck. So I'm like, dang, I don't think Flick's a really common last name. Was this his motherfucker, an impersonator or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just hit me. He sold me a Max Holloway slab. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> yeah, so shout-out, Jimmy Flick. Um, Stay tuned for another episode this week. We're going to preview the... It's kind of abysmal card of Roman Delice, Nazardin, Imovov. We do have Moicano and Dover, and I do love some Dover. And I do like Moicano, too, to be honest. Yeah, that's about the highlight of fucking the week. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, kind of where it dies right there. Um, but we'll be back full Three Stooge party to review the card. Hopefully there's some more exciting news by then. Thank you guys for listening.